Welcome back, Bears fans. This Friday edition of the CHGO Bears podcast. It's time to kind of wrap up the Chicago Bears bye week here today. And I'm your host, Little Wit. Nick, he has the day off. So join with me is Greg Braggs Jr. here today. So it's kind of like a CHGO audible from the stand sort of day. How about that? Can we go with that? Yeah, exactly. Meatball in the stands. There we go. There we go. I like that a lot. Uh, I know, Greg, you had a birthday here earlier this week. I haven't got to tell you like in person, happy birthday. I've done it like over like communications, like electronically. Uh, but now that we're here face to face, even though it's still electronic, I just want to say, you know, happy belated birthday. And I hope you had a great time with your family. And I know you're getting excited for the holidays that we're having, but I'm excited to be here with you to talk Bears football here today. Yeah, thank you. When I, uh, on my birthday, when I walked in the studio, everyone started clapping for me. Like I shouldn't have made it there. So I don't know what this is all about, but I appreciate it. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, congratulations. Like you made it. Like, I don't know if that makes you feel like middle age is like, right. Like here nobody before. expected me to make it this far. I think that's what the sentiment is. <laughs> I love it. I love that a lot. So uh, just so everyone knows who's either watching or listening, obviously there's no game to preview here on this Friday. So Greg and I, like we were talking, like, what should we do here? And I think we thought it would be a great time to kind of take a step back from the week to week grind, you know, that game to game. It's it's a slog, nevertheless. And just kind of take a step back, look at the big picture and the Bears future by, well, we're going to share our top five building blocks each for the Bears, meaning we're going to highlight some young players that we love to see the Bears continue to develop and build around. We'll do a quick free agency revisit uh, to determine, you know, who's living up to their contracts, who's proving to be worth the money. Uh, also highlight the free agents that came in this year that maybe need to step it up the rest of the way. And we're going to kind of wrap up this episode by doing a little bit of tank watch, share the games that you should be paying attention to this week as we're going to have implications on the Bears draft pick statuses. Did I miss anything there, Greg? No, I think that's the rundown. I'm excited for it. I'm excited too. I, I love Fridays. That's exactly what I tweeted here just a few moments ago. It's, you know, it's my time to kind of relax from some of the other priorities that I have throughout the week and actually focus on something that I really love, which is Chicago Bears football. So let's get into the first segment here today, Greg, and we're going to look at some building blocks. Now, I'm not going to say you cheated and wait until I fell asleep to give me your list so I couldn't take any of the players <laughs> on your side because you have a really great list too. Yes, that's but, true. I did pull that on you. You did. I woke up and I was like, well, thanks. I would have taken, you know, X, Y, or Z here, but that's okay because I wanted to prove a point here today and I wanted to not take anybody on your list. You have five plus an honorable mention. So I decided I'm going to make five plus an honorable mention, which makes 12 players that we would classify as building blocks, which I think shows you what Ryan Poles has been able to do here over his first two draft classes, actually yep. getting players that you believe we can build this team around. So I'll go ahead and let you go first. I don't know if you want to just do all five and then talk about them, or if you want to go player by player uh, and we can alternate if we go that route, whatever way you want to go about it, I'll trust, but I want you to go first with your building block. Uh, yeah, I guess I'll, I'll try to shoot through these without it being a seven minute soliloquy. Uh, and then if there's any that pique your interest, then you can, you can kind of just add on to kind of sure. where I'm going with this. But the way I ranked this was, you know, certainly building blocks, but I started with Braxton Jones as number one, because when you talk about guys that we need to see here the rest of the year and what they can do, he's certainly a building block, but I think when you separate Justin Fields from this constant discussion of whether or not he's going to make it as the starting quarterback next year, I think Braxton Jones 
certainly still has that on the line when you consider uh, the draft implications, which we'll get into later. And, you know, so how well Braxton Jones plays the rest of the year is going to dictate whether or not Ryan Pulse considers to take another left tackle in the top 10 of this draft, where there's a couple that are certainly intriguing. So to me, since Braxton Jones has returned from injury, he's looked outstanding. Mm -hmm. And I definitely think that if he continues this play, I think that's enough for Ryan Poles to not draft a left tackle, but I'm not entirely certain. So, you know, I want to see him getting more opportunities here as the year ends, put him on an Island a few times, see what he can do, you know, and, and if he can be the opposite of Darnell, Wright, You've started to check some boxes on the offensive line, which has looked great here in the last couple of months. Really? Yeah, no, they really have. Honestly, let's just alternate because my number one guy here is Darnell Wright, and you just mentioned him. And here's a great point on top of it. The fact that you and I have offensive tackles as our number one building blocks is really exciting here for the Chicago Bears, a team that has really struggled to get those positions right, long-term fixes right for quite some time now. And the fact that you have Braxton Jones, I'm looking at Darnell Wright. I mean, I believe he's not the right tackle of the future. I believe Darnell Wright's the right tackle now and going to be here for the future. And he's had a hell of a year for a rookie right tackle. Just, I mean, going up against Aiden Hutchinson, Max Crosby, earlier in the year, Montez Sweat, too. Like, he's he's doing that plan hurt, too. Yes. A tough son of a gun he is out there, too. Like you said, playing through injuries, playing against elite talent, and really holding his own. And, you know, Obviously, he's going to give up pressures. Uh, There's going to be some sacks given up here, too. He's a rookie. He's still growing. But the good and the great so heavily outweighs some of those learning curve moments that we've seen here from Darnell Wright this season. So I'm very excited uh, about his future. He's shown plenty of promise and more. He's already one of the better, if not the best, running, run-blocking tackle there we go i had to put those words in order in my head in the entire draft class so far like when you look at some of the other ones out there i think he's doing it better than most so i'm very happy he's here i love your number one two there um and braxton jones but i think the silver lining or just like the lesson learned between these two is the fact that the bears have two bookends that are young with a lot of potential that can still grow uh, and that's a testament to ryan poles hundred percent. And anybody in the chat or listening later is like, don't get me wrong. I want Braxton Jones to be that answer because mm-hmm. I want to take that other pick we have in the first round and use it for something of a bigger need. But at the end of the day, when you're building a roster, GMs are looking to always upgrade Braxton Jones might be a very good left tackle, but is there a great left tackle and i just i need braxton to show the rest of the season five games to go that he has met a threshold worth ryan poles not moving off of him and i think he's trending in that direction but i'm not giving anybody anything until they they everybody's got to earn it across the board the coaching staff and the players even the gm who i'm very high on i've made no secret about that everybody's got to earn it here you know, and, and start becoming a winning franchise here. So my number two player, this guy's really been breaking out lately. Jervon Dexter. Mm -hmm. This guy is, I mean, honestly, it's been exciting to watch. Uh, You see, it's not just flashes. You see burst, you know, you see somebody that can really wreck the middle of that offensive line. So to me, 
if he continues on, I mean, they're still going to be in the market for a three technique, but you're starting. Like when I look at Andrew Billings, Zach Pickens, Jervon Dexter, I think their baseline is that they're solid rotational pieces going forward. But I think Jervon Dexter's ceiling is higher than that. He has a chance to be someone that's a game wrecker. That's something Corey Wooten Mm. talks about all the time. And so he's been doing that. I feel like here lately. And if he can continue on that trajectory, we've got something cooking here with this second round pick. I like that one a lot. He, like you said, really trending in the right direction as of late getting a little bit more playing time, making the most of the snaps he's getting out there because the bears, they have a very crowded defensive tackle room. Uh, so it is hard to come by to get some of these snaps, uh, especially with some of these rookies right now. Pickens is another one uh, that's struggling more so to get on the field. Uh, but no, I like Dexter a lot. I've been very excited about him. And uh, the fact that he's your number two excites me, Greg. And I, I think you're spot on with your assessment about what that ceiling can look like uh, because we've seen flashes of it, or as you called them, bursts. Uh, but if that can be something he grows into be uh, a player that's more consistently bursting, when that playing time does grow as some of these maybe veterans go elsewhere, to me, that's really, really exciting. My number two is uh, Jaquan Brisker. So I'm going to go with a second-year player uh, over here. And what I love about Jaquan, you know, on top of the swag, the attitude, and the presence that he provides in the back end of that secondary and defense, uh, it's just the fact that he's super versatile. Uh, he just does a little bit of everything and does it well. You know, down the box for run support, you know, coming in as a pass rusher. Uh, I mean, and then on top of that, his pass coverage. I know last year the issue – uh, was missed tackles, uh, but he's really cleaned that up here in year two. And you know I'm going to bring the numbers here. Uh, as a rookie, 17 missed tackles for Jaquan Brisker, only three so far this season. His missed tackle percent wow. went down from 14.7% all the way down to 4.3%. Like That was his biggest issue as a rookie, and he cleaned that up. So that gives me hope uh, that there's going to be other areas of his game uh, that he's going to be able to kind of build up uh, as we continue to go on uh, you know his yards after a catch allowed due to not missing so many tackles is severely dropped this year too he's consistently either whether it be last year or this year one of the most productive safeties when it comes to pass rush ability uh, yep. so again very well versed very versatile uh, on top of just the general swag and attitude he brings to his defense but Britsker's another young guy that I expect to be here for some time I hope he can stay healthy limit some of these concussions that he's been having and dealing with but overall Uh, He's still a player that I'm very high on excited for his future. Yeah. uh, I think the biggest question with him, I mean, he led the team in sacks last year. Like you said, great pass rush and yeah, not a good, a good thing for Jaquan Brisker, not a good (laughs) thing for the Chicago bears. I don't know. Will I don't know if you have the stats close enough to you, but are we going to have a non-defensive line player lead the team in sacks again this year? Because I know Montez Sweat's starting to get a couple, but I kind of feel like uh, one of the linebackers probably leads the team in sacks and not Jaquan Brisker. So, again, like still work to do on this defensive line. If I had to guess, that's what it is. I know I put you on the spot there. No, it's actually interesting. So, uh, Yannick Ngakwe does lead the team with three sacks so far. Not enough, though, right? It's not I mean, enough, but it does we'll go the line. <laughs> yeah. Yes. We'll and take it. Sweat's already at number two, though, at two and a half, and then it's TJ Edwards. But honestly, though, like if you look at the top, you have Ngakwe, Sweat, Edwards, Justin Jones, Rasheen Green, Demarcus Walker, then Jaquan Brisker. Okay. So it's like at least you are seeing some of that production, but Brisker only has the one sack. Like he has a lot more pressures this year than he does sacks. 
Uh, but it's still like the numbers in general are still low. Like sure. we, we can't, we, we can't dismiss. No, that. I mean, when you compare it to the Eagles last year, who had 10 sacks a piece from each of their defensive yeah. linemen, well, we can dream of those days, uh, you know, hopefully maybe sooner than rather than later. I, the biggest thing with Jaquan Brisker is he's got to stay healthy. I think mm-hmm. um, most of us believe in his talent and it's more about him staying on the field. And he's had a really tough time. Even in the last game, he got banged up at one second and, him and Tevin Jenkins, I think, are both aligned yep. in this. Like great talents, but every time they get a little ding, you start to cringe because you're worried about their their future and if they're going to be able to make it through a game, let alone a season. So uh, we'll just have to monitor that as it goes. Injuries isn't something you can control, but uh, you know, as Brian Baldinger said on one of our shows, injured guys. He said, "Fat guys f- stay fat." And injured guys stay injured. That was his uh, <laughs> quote. It was a very footbally quote. Uh, my third guy here is Tyreek Stevenson. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's going to be having to come off of injury, and I, and I hope he can return here after the bye week. Uh, but I've really enjoyed watching him play since training camp. He's got a lot of confidence. Um, you know, he has ability to stick on guys one-on-one, you know, it was funny when I watched, you know, we don't get too many opportunities to sit at home and watch the rest of the NFL on Sundays, uh, when we're covering the bears and doing all these different things. And we're, we're hyper-focused on the bears. Well, I'm watching the CBS game with, uh, and they showed a highlight montage of Joey Porter jr. And I was, as I was watching it, I couldn't help but think, I was like, man, if, if Tyreek Stevenson made all these plays, they would have called a penalty on every single one because they're letting, <laughs> they're like, look at all these amazing plays by Joey Porter. Yeah, they were, but he was being extremely physical with, with his wide receiver. And, and it feels like Tyreek Stevenson is allowed to get away with that half the time. And now he's starting to show some of the ball skills. He dropped an interception called himself out on it and then Mm -hmm. followed the next game up with an interception, kept his hands on the ball. So I like this guy's swagger. I like his confidence. I like, you know, that he believes he belongs. And when you're a corner, you got to have an an, an enormous amount of confidence because it's a tough position to play. And I don't think he's lacking in that regard. Uh, So Tyreek Stevenson is somebody I'm going to be keeping an eye on. And also because as we get into maybe my uh, later on, my honorable mention is Terrell Smith. He's for the same reasons, like both these guys are intriguing, but the other reason I'm keeping my eye on them is because it all surrounds around Jalen Johnson's future with this team. Mm-hmm. And I'd love to keep Jalen Johnson because I want to keep everybody here and, and keep building and not losing players. But at the end of the day, it is a business. So the other reason I'm watching these two corners is because are they going to be good enough to take the load? If Jalen Johnson were to leave the bears in the off season. Very good point. I mean, look at us. That's uh, a couple secondary players in a row. I'm going to throw a third here. And before I even get to it, just there's two other players that just came to mind and Josh Blackwell and Dalen Jones too. Like they were on drafted guys last year who had played a lot and they don't have to play really at all this season because the Bears have been relatively healthy, but they're still players that I I wouldn't call them like building blocks, but I would call them good young players on this team. 
uh, just to, you know, that have depth uh, and experience. So just more youth uh, that it can provide an impact here for the Bears. Uh, so my the third secondary player in a row since my number three guy is Kyler Gordon here. You know, Kyler, uh, who started off the season injured for the most part, but ever since he came back, like he's played. Uh, I thought really well. I really loved that Panthers game. Uh, I know I wrote that in my instant reaction, just watching Kyler just be all over the field, making plays against the run, making plays against the pass, affecting plays by creating pressure or coming off that nickel. He being more focused uh, in the slot as that cornerback this year has been very uh, impressive to me. Impressive to me as pass rating when targeted has gone down over 20 points, 110 as a rookie, 88 this year. Reception percentage is down eight. His yards per catch allowed is down three yards. His yak per catch is also down. I mean, there's so many positive signs of growth here from Kyler yep. Gordon. Uh, just still a player that I would love to keep around, develop, to stay healthy as the big one, uh, just like Brisker in a way, um, but just also keep growing and developing. As long as he continues to grow his confidence, I still think the sky's the limit for Kyler Gordon. Man, in the second half, late in the second half against Minnesota, Alexander Madison comes through, the tries to find the hole, and he gets smacked. Like, you can hear the helmet <laughs> pop. And you're like, holy shit. Like, you would have thought for sure that was Jack Sanborn. And no, right. it was Kyler Gordon that laid the wood to him. So, I like, I've always loved his physicality. You know, that that was a very underrated thing to start the year when he was hurt and out. You know, and, and I, I don't think at the time, I don't think bears fans realized the impact they were missing there. Cause he was, you know, one of the guys at camp when you were watching, I'm like, okay, this guy's going to be a leader on this team. And then all of a sudden he goes out and he can't play to start the year. And I thought that was a huge blow that I thought was underrated by some fans that I don't know if they realize what his ceiling potential is, mm -hmm. which is very high. And on top of that, too, with him being in the nickel and having to help, you mentioned like, you know, going there, Madison, like that run support in general, just like screen game support, like near the line of scrimmage. Like I know the Bears run defense has had like a great turnaround over the last month and a half. Mm -hmm. Honestly, talking this with you, like I would love to compare like when did Kyler Gordon come back and then how did those rushing numbers on defense like fair? Because I feel like the timing is pretty close of when he returned right. and when this run defense really started like coming into its own. Well, at one point, the entire secondary was out, you know, and, mm -hmm. and that that's part of it. I mean, everybody points to Montez Sweat being the turning point, but it's also this secondary getting healthy, you know, and uh, it's not easy for a defense to take on the amount of injuries they sustain there. So uh, that's definitely something they've they've been benefiting from is a little bit of health here lately and not as many injuries on the injury report. So let's hope that continues to end the year. Uh, my fourth guy here is Roshan Johnson, who is starting to see a little uptick in snaps. I think I got ahead of my skis going into the season saying he was going to take the RB one job, uh, you know, week three, week four, you know, <laughs> I I'm always, I, I always am like the, the flavor of the month, the next running back in line. I fall in love with all the way down the line. I mean, it was Montgomery, right away. You could see how he was going to be fun to watch. Then Khalil Herbert comes in. I'm like, I like him more. And now Jeroshan Johnson comes to the bears. I'm like, okay, now I like him more and whoever, you know, is they get next. I'm sure I'll like more than Roshan. That's just how I am. So uh, to me, Roshan Johnson is starting to get the uptick in snaps because of how well he is in the past blocking, you know, part of the game. And they need that, you know, to, to hold protection up and give good pockets for Justin Fields. And, you saw in the second half, I mean, Tevin Jenkins finished the job, but when they blitzed through 
and there's two guys that get through clean and, and Roshan took both guys on, you know, mm-hmm. and, and of course help is on the way. Tevin Jenkins comes across and, you know, really wasn't even his assignment and, and finished it for Roshan. But I give cre- credit to Roshan a lot because even that split second of slowing those guys down is the difference between a positive and a negative play. And I think we all see how hard he runs. Uh, I think he's got a little bit of squeeze to him. He's able to squeeze through holes for being such a big and physical runner. Sometimes I see him squeezing through holes that you maybe wouldn't uh, attribute to a guy that plays the way he does. So I just think across the board, I'm excited about Roquan Johnson's uh, future here with the bears and uh, yeah, with his pass blocking, I think he's going to get more snaps than not when you talk about the rest of the running back room. For sure. That's a great choice there. Rojo, you know, I feel about my Rojo mojo. Uh, yep. Absolutely. Uh, I don't have anything else to add on him per se, but I would definitely agree with you uh, on the list. Uh, my number four is Jack Sanborn. Uh, just another young player on this team that I-, I love having around Sanborn, of course, isn't playing as much as he did a year ago isn't playing the same exact position that he did last year too. Uh, but at the same exact time, I, I thought he's transitioned to the Sam Becker spot pretty seamlessly continues to grow and develop. I mean, he's already only three tackles away from tying his record from last season. Uh, he's already tied his TFLs from last season, already have five tackles for a loss this year. Uh, and again, he, I think he's just another player that can be there and, and his role also on special teams and, and make a big impact for this team. I think everyone listening knows that we love Jack Sanborn here on, you know, CHGO Bears. I'm not going to go too deep into this one per se, um, but he is definitely one of those guys that I would label as a building block. Yeah. Mark Carmen certainly loves Jack Sanborn and <laughs> yes. it is a, in a way where maybe Jack Sanborn needs to get a restraining order on him, him. And I mean, the restraining orders are piling up on, on Mark Carmen when it comes to Sanborn and Tyson Bajan. So uh, that's just kind of how it goes when he gets his locker room love affairs. My <laughs> fifth, my fifth guy is somebody like where we talked about all the positives and I've really been honing in on the rookies from Javon Dexter, Tyreek Stevenson, Roshan Johnson, who um, Crazy Ace says I called him Roquan Johnson. I don't know if I did, but if I did, I apologize. I am a moron, so you have to forgive me. And Terrell's <laughs> immortal, but okay. <laughs> no, okay. <laughs> moron or a meatball meatballs a little nicer uh and terrell smith is my honorable mention like all of these are rookies this year to and to your mm-hmm. point earlier will about my belief in ryan poles and the way he drafts the way he's trying to build this roster i don't expect him to bat a thousand i don't expect him to not make mistakes uh you know and he certainly has made a few um but still even still all these players we've talked about to me is a testament to the direction this franchise is going building through the draft, but my fifth guy to watch that needs more development here is Tyler Scott. And I'm just not seeing enough from him. And Mm. maybe I'm getting a little bit of jealousy watching tank Dell play the way he is in Houston. Certainly somebody, I think a lot of us were high on, especially here at CHGO bears. Um, All everybody, all you guys doing the draft breaks down you, Nick Hogue, everybody highlighted that tank Dell was a guy that could play. When I spoke with him at the combine, you could certainly see that confidence. I like Tyler Scott. I enjoy his interviews with Adam rank on the sick podcast. He does a, you know, he, you can, you can tell he's a good kid, but 
I'm just not seeing enough from Tyler Scott on the football field. And that may not be his fault. And maybe it's not fair for me to place too high of expectations on him as a rookie wide receiver, trying to get snaps over Darnell Mooney and DJ Moore and, and even chase Claypool earlier in the year. But at the same time, you know, obviously the Detroit mishap where he doesn't run underneath the ball, he slows up. He admitted to it as such after the game. I, I think I, he looks, he's got the look and vibe of Johnny Knox. Like when you watch him run routes, mm-hmm. he moves like Johnny Knox. He really does. But, you know, I don't know how long it took Johnny to, 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 you know, get into the NFL speed, but I'm just not seeing it yet from Tyler Scott. So I want to see more from him here. These last five weeks. Can't fault you on that one. Absolutely. I mean, there's a lot of players like outside of DJ Moore, Cole Komet, like it's so sparse and so intermittent of like when these guys actually do get involved and Scott being someone that we invested a draft pick in, we see the potential. I'd love to have him find a bigger role down the stretch, give us some confidence heading into the offseason that he can be that deep threat uh, that we wanted him to be once the Bears drafted him. My number four here, or actually number five already, we're, we're trucking right down this list, is Zach Pickens here. So he is someone, I know Dexter is much higher in the list, and I think that's very well-deserved. But Pickens, even though he's not getting a ton of playing time, I still think he's playing pretty well when he's getting those opportunities and those chances. Uh, he has a sack this year, I think, among interior defensive linemen. Uh, that is uh, not Pickens. The only other one that has a sack this year would be Justin Jones. I know he's right. played uh, a lot less than Dexter, but they have the same amount of, uh, I think, tackles and run stops this year. Pickens is the only Bears defensive tackle with a forced fumble this season, so he makes those impactful plays. And yep. not every rookie is going to see a lot of playing time year one. Like it's not like even though you're invested like a decent draft pick in this guy, like I would love to see him out there more. But at the same time, like I understand that you have Billings out there, you're paying Justin Jones money, uh, you want to have him out there too. Now, obviously when you want to develop guys like you, like you and Tyler Scott, I want to see more out of Pickens, but he is someone that even though his role smaller than maybe I thought it would be when we drafted him, I, I think we're getting a good bang for our buck in terms of like a per snap basis and production uh, sure. out of Pickens. And he's someone that once he continues to develop and grow and some of these veterans move on, I, I do think he can step in and be a solid starter and develop into that. I, I like you. I think Dexter maybe has the higher ceiling, but that's why you drafted two guys because they're going to provide you something uh, a little bit different and give yourselves, you know, a couple opportunities to to find a stud here. And I think he has potential to be a very solid player, uh, picking stud. So he's still someone I want to see more of. I just think it's going to take time. Yeah, a hundred percent. And and they say that about interior defensive linemen that it takes them a little time to acclimate uh, to the league, you know, and and so. It, it to me, I like I said earlier, I just think that specifically with Zach Pickens, his baseline is solid rotational mm-hmm. piece, which you need that, especially in this defense. Not sure if Matt Eberflus is going to roll over into next year, but if he does, they he likes to rotate his de- defensive lineman in and out. So you need depth there, and he's going to provide that depth, and he's just you know he's going to get better. How better? I think that sometimes fans like myself run into is okay. He's this good this year. He'll be this much better next year. And in three years, he'll be the best defense. It doesn't always work like that. Not everybody works on the same trajectory, but you can sometimes determine a guy's floor. And I, and I, and I feel like his floor is solid 
rotational piece. Mm-hmm. And that's why I differentiated um, seeing a flash from Zach Pickens and seeing burst from Jermon yes. Dexter. There is a difference between the two. Uh, and, and I think you can kind of see that at times, but that's not the short sell what Zach Pickens can bring to this team. A million percent. Totally agreed. Uh, and lastly, real quick, honorable mention, because you did one, I have to do one. I went with QB2. I went with Tyson Bajan here. I, I thought, you know, when he had a step in for Justin, he did a great job. A lot of promise was shown there. Obviously, we got to clean up all of those turnovers, uh, the six picks, a couple of those fumbles. But when you're an undrafted kid going from D2 to the NFL, like I just expect some of that's going to be part of the equation here, too. But I was just looking at this, you know, me and my numbers. Uh, there's this one, two I'm going to highlight here. Uh, his adjusted per, uh, completion percentage, if you take out all of the drops, he would actually lead the entire rookie class for quarterbacks, uh, which is really exciting at 76.3%. Um, and then his ability to avoid pressure. So he was pressured a decent amount, as we know, but he was only sacked on 9.4% of his pressures, which would also be the best in the entire rookie class. CJ Stroud would be next at 17 percent but for his ability to avoid pressure keep plays alive I, I i know the turnovers were a big issue but i think he just has like a, a little bit of an it factor to him uh and i i think everyone here knows you know tyson bagent and as we know the conversations that ensued when he was starting and with justin out so i don't need to dive into all of that but he because is still someone I, I know, of course. I mean, when in doubt, blame Carm. That's <laughs> I mean, a that's great motto. Yes. I keep a sticky note on my computer right here of that all the time, Greg. But yep. no, uh, Tyson Bajan's someone that I feel blessed to, that he's a Chicago Bear. I think we're lucky to have him. And again, another testament to Ryan Poles where you find a quarterback that can be your QB2, a young one that you can continue to work on and develop, and you didn't even have to invest a draft pick on him. I, I think that's a tremendous value there uh, on top of it all. Yeah, uh, definitely intrigued to see him uh, develop going forward, maybe get a little more meat on the bones here in the offseason, build up a little more muscle. Uh, but no, he's got a lot of confidence, and uh, I, I enjoy you know parts of his game that I, I think is somebody that can stick in this league and have a long career, certainly as a backup, and maybe poke his way into a starting role at some point. For some team, you, you know, I'm never going to, like Eberflu says, I'm never going to put a cap on a guy's uh, possibilities, and and you just have to wait and see. So, you know, it all depends on situation and timing. Sometimes in the NFL is everything, and uh, if he's ever able to get his opportunity, you saw what he made of that in his rookie season going two and two. Yes, you know, the two teams he beat were beatable teams, but at the end of the day, no easy task for a Division two undrafted rookie free, you know, undrafted, Mm -hmm. you know, rookie free agent. So I give him a lot of credit there. And, you know, I just thought him and Justin, when you talk about the divisiveness, when it talks about the quarterback conversation in this city, um, I think that they both did a good job of sticking together, even Mm -hmm. though the fans and and Mark Harmon were trying to drive everyone apart. There you go. No, I, I love that a lot. And hey, it's not easy for the Bears to win beatable opponents or winnable games in general. So the fact they did it with Tyson. He got uh, us our first a, home win in like two years. <laughs> yeah, he sure did. Uh, so that's why, again, a really good building block. But real quickly, just wanted to like highlight this uh, another point about like there are pieces all over. We mentioned two offensive linemen, two defensive linemen, a safety, three cornerbacks, a linebacker, a running back, 
quarterback and a wide receiver. So again, there are like pieces here and there, like you can sprinkle them around the entire team uh, as to why the bears can be better here moving forward. I saw super chat come in from Chi town, real estate, Chicagoland, Northwest Indiana, two and nine representing oh. howdy fillers. Love you all. Well, we yeah. love you too. Thank you so much for the super chat. Will, Will and I are both region rats. So that's right. Uh, we, I'm we a, like a chose. displaced one right now, but who knows? Maybe a reunion can be in my future. Watch out. All go. right, let's take, our, let's take our first time out here, Greg. Let's get to our first break. And on the flip side, we're going to look at some free agents and kind of just assess uh, where they're at so far at the bye week. But I want you to know about Circa Sportsbook because you'd better be using the Circa Sports Illinois app because they have those tight money line splits in that low hold model. That's why I love the Circa Sportsbook app because, you know, other – Games are going to be uh, on other apps, like they use like that minus one fifteen or minus one twenty split. But on Circa, they strive to keep it at that minus one ten. That way, you, you know, they keep as little money as possible in those large market bets like futures, um, especially compared to the other books. Uh, they also have high app limits. Uh, they're very transparent. Circa does not limit players based off their winnings. Every player has the same limits, unlike some of those other books that do limit winning players. So if you're a good better you know where to go. Uh, we encourage bettors to download and explore all sports betting apps available. Compare the lines from each sports book and you'll see why Circa really is the best. And on top of that, they have really tremendous customer service because there are real people behind the Circa Sports brand who resolve issues in a timely fashion. Unlike some other books that you have to really just go around the process, talk to different chat bots before you can find a real person. That's not the case at Circa. You get to a, right, a real person right away and all aspects of the app are being run by the same team that runs the main Circa Sportsbook at Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas. So you know it's top notch. So download the Circa Sports Illinois app at circasports.com slash Illinois dash app again circusports.com slash Illinois dash app to sign up here today also be on the lookout for circa events watch parties and tailgates and if you or someone that you know may have a gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER that's 1-800-426-2537 you can also text GAMB to 833-234 or visit areyoureallywinning.com that's right. Uh, shout out to Circus Sports. They were great with us all year long with the tailgates mm-hmm. and everything else. And we appreciate their partnership. Uh, I also want to give a shout out to our guy. And that's Charlie, the bacon guy. Charlie, the bacon guy is based out of Woodridge, Illinois, and he makes craft bacon and bacon jams in over 30 different flavors. Uh, ba- the bacon and bacon jams are an all naturally cured, fancy preservative free product. There aren't ingredients that Charlie can't pronounce himself involved in the process. Unlike most store-bought bacon, it's vacuum sealed and freezes great lasts in the package up to 45 days in the fridge and six months in the freezer. So you can stock up for the winter bacon jam lasts about 60 days in the fridge, usually about 20 seconds in my house and up to six (laughs) months in the freezer. Yeah. I mean, I'm going through it. Uh, hey, that's part of, you know, I always, we talk about my macro diet and I have bacon every morning. Cause that checks two boxes, the fat and the protein, you know, uh, you need some fat in your life, not too much fat, but you need some. So I always make sure bacon is a part of my diet every single day. Uh, some of the, some of the best flavors they have are maple pepper, Nashville, hot French toast. Who doesn't like French toast and bacon? Now you get it. French toast in the bacon, Buffalo ranch, jalapeno, garlic. Uh, There's just some great ones. Uh, And they also have bacon jam flavors, which are bourbon, spicy peach. And then obviously their original 
uh, flavor. I'm, you know, I'm so looking forward here. We got our Christmas party next week. And if Charlie, the bacon guys, you know, uh, jam isn't making an appearance there. We're doing something wrong. Uh, the bacon jam goes perfectly on anything. Scrambled eggs, toast, crackers, burgers, grilled cheese, cinnamon rolls, or Charlie's favorite, the spoon. Uh, you can pick it up or he will deliver it to you, meet you halfway, or even ship it. He makes the bacon so you can bring it home. Uh, starting now until January 15th the next year, you can save 10% on your order at charliethebaconguy.com. When you use the code CHGO10, get your orders in and use that code to save. Uh, so make sure you hit him up. He's on Instagram at Charlie, the bacon guy on Twitter at CZ, the bacon guy, uh, his email, Charlie, the bacon guy at gmail.com. And then of course, visit his website at www.charliethebaconguy.com live as of November 12th. Uh, so he just, he just launched that. So get your orders in it's Christmas season. It's a great Christmas gift. Well, I think we just need to cancel the rest of this episode and just go eat some bacon. Honestly. <laughs> yes. hundred percent. You got me in the mood. You cannot go wrong there. Saw this super come in from John Ray 94. Listen to you guys every morning on my way to work. Finally able to be here live. Welcome to the live show. Uh, you guys are the best bear down. So glad you're here. Thank you for the super and appreciate you. Uh, honestly, just letting us be a part of your morning commute to work. I, I think that's awesome that we get to share that time with you. So thank you very much. All right. Well, to what Greg Breggs Jr. here on the CHO Bears podcast, we're going to look at some of the Bears free agents and just determine if they're living up to the contract, living up to the hype, or if we need to see more down the stretch. So, Greg, I'm going to give you a player. You can just tell me, you know, where you stand and why, and then I can chime in and just let you know why you're wrong. Does that sound okay. good? That that sounds absolutely good. <laughs> Perfect. I, I, never, <laughs> I get it. I might get a few wrong. You just never know. Uh, yeah. I always have the hot takes here at CHGO Bears. Man, we got this. All right, Tremaine Edmonds. Uh, I think this is a very interesting one to even start off with, but he's first on my list. Is Tremaine Edmonds living up to his contract or his hype? Well, I think most fans would say no, and I'm not going to say that's unfair. It's certainly fair to say that. Uh, I think it, it's more based on, did we really need him as opposed to, is he good enough to warrant the contract he was given? I think he is talent wise, plenty talented to earn the contract, uh, which he still has the opportunity to do here going forward. He just, to me, and this is where the excuse maker in me comes out. And I put my fan hat on, but we just talked about it earlier. The defensive line is just starting to get some pressures, you know, mm -hmm. early in the season, it was non-existent. There were games, multiple games where the defensive line was um, registering a goose egg for sacks and barely getting any pressures, barely touching the quarterback. And Oh, by the way, your entire secondary was hurt during some of that period of time, but we expect the linebackers to play at their top line ability. I mean, this is a complimentary sport offense defense, but then also when you just stay to one side of the ball. So now that this team is starting to get filled out and the injuries are starting to whittle away here. Now, all of a sudden we're seeing Tremaine Edmonds flash a little bit, fill mm -hmm. the hole TJ Edwards flying all over the place. The linebackers, we talked about Jans Jack Sanborn and what he's been doing at the Sam. So to me, I like what Tremaine Edmonds is doing. Does he need to play to a higher level and be a leader on this team going forward? A hundred percent. But 
I'm willing to give him and the entire linebacking core the benefit of the doubt when you consider you know, some of the defensive struggles they've had around them. And now it's starting to all come together and everything's starting to look right. And they're all starting to, you know, really buy into what Matt Eberflus is trying to um, preach to them. And I think you're seeing the results of that. Uh, Tremaine Edmonds had a couple of really nice plays here last week, getting some stops in the backfield. And, you know, I think it was one of those, Oh, there he is. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, and that, that, presence he has he's a big dude and if you give him that opportunity to fly around if the defensive line is doing their job and he's not in getting he's not getting engaged with blockers and he's able to use his speed to his advantage then we're going to start to reap the rewards for signing tj edwards or not tj i'm sorry tremaine edmonds i just think it's more about could they have just let Jack Sanborn do his job? And I think mm-hmm. a lot of Bears fans might have preferred that. But at the end of the day, I'm not going to complain about more good players than less. No, that's understood. I know it was a lot of money for a guy. And honestly, like I think for me, his grades incomplete. You mentioned a lot of great reasons as to why maybe it should be uh, just with like the defense, the defensive line. And I'll go back to training camp. Like he wasn't healthy. Like he could not practice like all of camp and the preseason. He wasn't playing. So it took a while. And who knows, like if he was even fully 100% by the time the season rolled around or if he was just healthy enough to like, hey, let's just get him out there. We paid him a lot of money and he'll be okay. But now that we're getting him, I think healthier. I know he got dinged up again, you know, a few weeks back, but healthier. And with the defensive line playing, like we're starting to see, you know, what we've been hoping to, to out of Edmonds, uh, you know, two picks already this season. I mean, that ties a career high. We got a lot of football left. That could be something that he can break. And you mentioned him starting to make plays in the backfield. And that was one thing that's been, I, I think, bothering me the most throughout the season from him as the lack of tackles for a loss. He had 17 over his last three years in Buffalo, only two so far this season, and they've came recently. So we need to start seeing, you know, more and more of those impactful plays. Um, yep. But I, I think... He still ha- he's very talented. He's still very young, too. And that's the one thing that even though he's been in the league for six years, people forget he's only 25 years old. Like He's still yep. a, a tremendously young player with a lot of experience. So I think we will end up reaping the benefits of this contract. Maybe it doesn't happen right away to the degree that I was hoping for, but I'm willing to be patient for a guy like Tremaine Edmonds uh, without question. Let's go with the other linebacker, though. TJ Edwards. I, I feel like this is an easy He's – he's been worth every penny, right? Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, the tackles are there. The plays are there. Mm-hmm. Last week, uh, Nick and Adam both put it on full display on a key third down where he chases a guy in motion that's motioning from uh, right to left in the backfield. He chases him all the way across the field, uh, navigating through uh, you know, the play and, and, and having to weave through some players to to push his guy out of bounds. He had to cover him. It's man to man coverage and he gets him out of bounds and, and is able to, you know, get the bears off the field. You know, that's the kind of effort you see from TJ Edwards. You see, they, he was one of the few guys early in the season where they'd send him on a blitz and he'd disrupt the play or get home at times. And, um, you know, I just think you see a lot of effort from this dude. Uh, he's worth every penny. There's no question about it. I'm excited about his future here in Chicago. 
Me too. Second in the NFL of, among, among all linebackers and tackles in 92. Third in run stops at 48. Tie for second at the position with interceptions too. Like he is consistently like across the board, like a top five linebacker. And last season for Philadelphia, very similarly. So I think he's translated very well. Uh, I know week one, I was personally a little upset with some of the plays that he had in coverage against Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones is a very good running back. That was so early. And there's all the issues that we've talked about in nauseam all season long, but I, I think he's really turned my perception around uh, of him pretty quickly here. What about Nate Davis? Uh, another interesting one, just due to the, you know, again, the personal issues throughout camp, the, uh, you know, the inability to be available. Um, he's only played six games so far this season, but where are you, where's your thoughts on Nate Davis? Yeah. Um, obviously, you know, he had the, the tough go early in the season, losing his mom. Uh, mm -hmm. So I don't, I'm not going to ding him for that. You know, he, he, he's allowed to everybody grieves in their own way. And I'm sure that wasn't easy for him, but that wasn't something the bears were expecting from a team standpoint and having to, you know, wait for his return. And then even when he returned, he himself had to kind of acclimate himself. But I just think when he's on the field, he's a plus. So as mm -hmm. long as he can stay on the field, because then he's also had the injuries, that's when it hurts the team. But, you know, all teams got to deal with injuries. I saw somebody early, earlier in the chat saying like, well, if we only didn't have injuries, I wonder what this team would look like. Well, every team has to deal with it. <laughs> yes, they do. So it, it, just, it is what it is. I mean, some get more than others and you kind of hope you're on the on the better end of that. But everybody's got to deal with injuries, especially offensive linemen. So, um, you know, to me, as long as he's on the field, I, you know, I think that's a box checked as far as who's on their offensive line. He plays with physicality. He's got, you know, you, sometimes you can see him getting downfield blocks right. and you're like, okay, him and Tevin Jenkins at times, you'll watch these guys and you're like, man, they're like 20 yards downfield laying a block on somebody. So you, you see the effort even at times. And so to me, I, when anybody's periled next to Darnell, right? You're like, dang, that side's short up when, when it was Tevin over there, you know, you're like, mm -hmm. okay, I like that look, you know, too, <laughs> too physical. But even when Nate Davis is next to Darnell, right. You're like, okay, I'm not worried about that side of the football. So, um, I think they're in a good place. They're, they're trending in such a healthy direction with this offensive line. And it's really exciting because I know we as bears fans have been begging for a mm -hmm. clean pocket for quite some time. Yep. Ryan Poles, you know, uh, he's really been able to help turn this thing around over the past couple of years and, you know, a testament to the group and the players out there on the field doing the thing too, because it's definitely been improved. What about Demarcus Walker? Uh, what are your thoughts on Walker so yeah. far? Yeah. That's one guy that I just think hasn't done enough um, mm -hmm. here in the last couple games. I think you're starting to see now that he's not asked to be more than what he is, which to sure. me is a rotational piece. All due respect. I think he can be an effective rotational piece, but if you're expecting him because like going into camp, you're like, okay, who are, or leaving camp? You're like, okay, who are some guys that are going to, you know, be leaders on this defense? I would have said to Marcus Walker because at camp, it's a little hard to judge the trenches. And so a lot of what you have to go off of is who, who are your vocal leaders? And so he was one of those guys. He kind of had that Akeem Hicks presence as he came out there. Somebody that was talking a lot of smack and bringing a lot of intensity to practice, which I respect. But at the same time, you know, you got to have talent. No, it, there's a lot of talent and a lot of ability spread across this league. 
and Demarcus Walker, you know, I just, again, I'm not trying to disrespect the guy. I think he can be serviceable as a rotational piece, but not more than that. So I'm, you know, trying not to put a ceiling on the guy, but at the same time, we need an upgrade at that position. And they got that in Montez sweat. And now you're starting to see Mm -hmm. Demarcus Walker make a few more plays. Yeah. I'm excited to see how they can continue to work together. I think throughout the rest of the year, but so far it's been kind of underwhelming, not worth the $21 million contract that we signed him here to only two games, Greg, only two games with more than two tackles. Like that's a problem. Uh, On top of that too, he's a guy that had seven sacks last year, only 1.5 so far this year. We'll see again how the sweat effect can maybe help trend that back to the right direction. But right now it's definitely not, I don't think it's been worth it. Uh, I think we would both agree on Andrew Billings, right? Like he even got extended. Love Andrew Billings. Yeah. Like he even got extended uh, after being a free agent signing. So I think that tells you how he's seen within the locker room from these coaches, from fans. Andrew Billings is an easy yes. So let's look at some of these one year deals real quick. I'll just give you the list and you can tell me who is or not. You can do whatever the hell you want with this. Actually. So you have Yannick Ngakwe, Robert Tanyan, Deontay Foreman, Dylan Cole, and Rasheem Green. Is there anyone there that you would say absolutely yes? Uh, Deontay Foreman has been a good sign. Mm-hmm. Uh, the rest of them, uh, Robert Tunyon to me has been one of the more disappointing ones at camp. You're like, oh, okay, they're going to really use this guy. I can remember Courtney Cronin saying, I think he might get more yards and in, in touchdowns than <laughs> I mean, the way they were using him at yeah. camp, you're like, it's not a crazy state. Now it looks crazy. But at the time when you were watching how the, how they were using Robert Tunyon at camp, you're like, okay, they're going to make some plays with this dude. I I don't know how many catches he might, might have five catches on the season, you know? So, I, you know, that, that hasn't been enough. And Yannick Ngakwe certainly has been a disappointment. I liked watching uh, Montez Sweat and Yannick Ngakwe line up next to each other and make a play, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, and, and doing that stun or whatever they did, uh, you know, create some uh, chaos in the backfield. So I, I think the trickle down effect for Montez Sweat is helping Yannick here recently. Uh, but not exactly when you look at his resume, who we were hoping we were getting to start the year. And, you know, mm-hmm. like I said, across the board, you know, this team needs more talent. They added that with Montez sweat. So you're starting to see other guys play better. So I take that into consideration, but that's kind of the problem. Sometimes when you, when you sign a hired gun, a one-year deal type guy like Yannick, if it doesn't start, if the team isn't playing well right away, how much is he really going to buy in when he's like, I'm out of here in five games? You know what I mean? So is he truly invested in his future with this franchise or is he going to be on his 11th team next year? So, you know, that's kind of what you run into when you don't get instant success from your team and you've got hired guns and that's why it is always better to build through the draft because those players are more invested and motivated mm-hmm. to have long-term goals with the future of your franchise. Absolutely. Couldn't have said it any better myself there, Greg, like you, I think out of the bunch foreman would be the only one I would just immediately give a thumbs up to. I could be persuaded into maybe green. I know it's a small contract. He's not blowing any numbers out, but he's only playing like 35% of the snaps and he's tied for third in sacks on the team. So like, again, bang for your buck. Fine. But he's not like overly impressing by any means. I'm just looking at a pure value. Lewis's job. So I'll never like him. Yeah, I know. Right. Like Like, (laughs) we all love Terrell Lewis, even though the rest of the league didn't sign him either. 
but I still love Terrell Lewis. I got your back, Terrell, so I would have kept him. <laughs> but like you with Ngakwe, like he had 19 and a half sacks the last two seasons, only three this year. It's a huge drop off. And then with Tanyan, uh, only 10 targets through 10 games as a bear. And he's coming off with two seasons of over 50 catches and over 470 yards. And then he comes here and he can't even get any more than 10 targets in 12 games. It blows my mind how they're not using this guy. That's if what I don't look at our preseason predictions when we were like talking about how many catches and yards each, each guy on the offense would get. The only one we got right was DJ and the rest of them don't run the tapes back, please. For the love of God. <laughs> yep. The one thing I'm going to say, and then we're going to take our second break here is just doing this exercise gets me very excited uh, even more so about like the overall direction and like long-term outlook for this team more than the immediate, because we talked about all these building blocks that are either first or second year players. And we had a good yep. list. And then we talked about the guys that signed multi-year deals. And overall, I think we're pretty pleased. But then you look at the one-year deals and you're like, eh, like we can move on. But that's the point of the one-year deals. Like you're not even like hooked down the road. It's just like a stopgap kind of a thing. You want to build, like you said, through the draft. And just doing this exercise shows me, and hopefully the listeners and watchers feel the same, is that they are building through the draft. The core and the foundation is through the draft. And you're getting some of these supplemental pieces. And not all of them are hitting but they're not locked up in these long-term deals and right. the cap. And so like, there's some flexibility here. And I think it just shows like, I think it's being done right. Even if the results and the wins aren't coming right now, uh, and maybe leadership needs to change, like for the actual roster itself, that's an entirely different conversation. But I think you and I, at least here in this show, like we're seeing the young talent and even some of these extra older veterans that are going to be long-term stays. Uh, so I just feel I guess better than maybe I did 55 minutes ago. I I agree. I'm a big Ryan Poles believer. I like the way he's building the roster. I like the future of this franchise's uh, capabilities. Another off season where they're going to have more money than anyone to spend in free agency. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, a draft where they're going to have two top 10 picks potentially, uh, which we'll get to here in a second. And um you know, that's, that's exciting stuff. And you're starting to build depth. This team did not have depth yep. going into the season last year. They didn't have a roster this year. <laughs> they built a surface level roster without depth. Now I think they're starting to build depth. And now going into this off season, the goal hopefully is to add difference makers and game records to the depth you now have. So you can have a record that we were all hoping to have going into this year. Wow. Uh, I, I'm ready for 2024. Uh, let's get to this off season. <laughs> let's just let's secure some draft picks. Let's build. It's like, it's like if I played Madden in a franchise and I'm like, Oh, I really, I don't have a team. We'll just fast forward to the off season and we'll yeah. retool this thing and then compete better next year. Stimulate real life. the rest of the way. <laughs> right. Too bad. I don't have like the remote from click and I can just bloop. <laughs> and then we'll, we'll get to the, the combine. That's a depressing movie. I yeah, challenge I anyone to not cry watching click. Watching it as an adult, I, I showed my son, we've been on an Adam Sandler kick over the past month. Uh, and like, I was like tearing up, man. Like thinking oh, about like, like dude. losing like parts of my life as like a girl, like as a kid, it's kind of funny. Like you don't understand it. You can't grasp it. But as like an adult and as a father, like skipping through and the next thing you know, your kids are like grown adults yourself and you missed all of the moments with them, man. Yeah. Don't, don't get me started. Don't get yeah. me started. All right, let's, let's take a break. Second time out, you're up first with this message, and then I'll I'll hop on here second. 
Yeah, I want to give a shout out to our guys at Midtown Athletic Club. We were just over there here early in the week doing some different things. Uh, they've just jumped on board here with CHGO, and we had all sorts of guys out there. And it was funny, Will. We were like, I, they, people were like, oh, well, hey, bring a gym bag. The showers are available. I'm like, why are we going to need to shower? Like, what are we? <laughs> well, little did I know we were we were getting the full Midtown Athletic experience, and we did like six separate workouts and we did a tennis instructing workout. That was a lot of fun doing these different drills, uh, working up a sweat. Then we did an extreme workout where we're doing these squats on the wall. Then we're walking dumbbells across and doing push-ups, then doing squats on the wall again, dumbbells across doing sit-ups squats on the wall. And I'm dying. I'm literally dying. It's a good sweat. But then we go to the hot yo. We go to yo this yoga room, this namaste room. Me and Mark walking in are screaming at each other about Devin Hester. Uh, you know, I think there's anybody that's incapable of namaste. It's me and Mark, and we're like, oh, we're finally gonna get to relax. You know, all this hard work. Nope, hot ya yoga, intense workouts. It was just a lot of fun. So I wanted to give them a, a personal shout out because they gave us the full experience, and they have a lot of really cool um, offers, uh, for customers there. Uh, so they have four different Chicagoland locations, Palatine and Northwest suburbs, uh, Bannockburn in North shore, Willowbrook in the Southwest suburbs, uh, the Midtown athletic club and hotel in the middle of Bucktown and Lincoln park. Uh, Midtown Palatine has launched a multi-million dollar transformation of the club, which will be complete in early 2024. Um, you can lock into favorable rates if you join by the end of the year. Uh, the club is for everybody. Uh, if you're single, trying to get fit, uh, try so you can you know hit up you know hit up the streets and look good for the ladies. You can get out there, but even families with kids. If you're trying to change your lifestyle, holistic wellness, you know you can come there with your family. When we were there. Uh, there was families that were sitting there and, and helping their kids with homework as one of the other parents was walking away to do a workout. So, you know, it's just one of those really like warm environments and inviting environments for people that want to, you know, finish their work on their laptop or have dinner with their family or let their kid do homework and somebody's, you know, getting a workout in or whatever. You can accomplish all those goals at Midtown Athletic. And, uh, you know, the cool club features, like I said, are just um, one of the many reasons you should be getting in uh, luxury locker rooms with wet and dry saunas, premium amenities for everybody outdoor and indoor pools and hot tubs, um, a collection of boutique fitness studios. There's a barber there. I mean, I'm telling you, they've got everything in this place with uh, more than a hundred classes per week uh, for fitness studios it is included in the membership. This isn't, uh, gym quality either. These spaces are boutique quality, uh, high intensity, intensity interval training. Like I said, that we went through yoga, boxing, uh, spin and cycling field, cross training, uh, group exercises. They have it all their tennis courts and, uh, are, are some of the top notch in the city. Um, so just make sure you're checking all of that out. Head over to midtown.com slash CHGO find out more and to tour the Midtown Athletic Club nearest you. 
Awesome stuff there. Let's uh, definitely go check out Midtown Athletic Club. And, and while you're thinking about it, you can also go check out Empire Today because with Empire Today, you get shop at home convenience, the right product for your needs, quick and professional installation and a low price guarantee. Empire Today is the best place to get new flooring. So, of course, I mean, there's going to be copycats, but Empire can't be beaten on their quality their service speed. So competitors advertise those low quality products that Empire just simply won't carry. Empire won't promise the lowest prices because anyone who does that is putting flooring in your home they wouldn't be putting in their own. So they keep shopping for floors simple with curated product selection. Empire's philosophy is to help you find exactly what you need, not to overwhelm you with thousands of choices and substitutes. What they leave out of their selection is as important as what they put in. Empire's product team exhaustively combs through thousands Thousands of product samples each year to find the perfect styles. Now, shopping for floors at a big box store can be frustrating, and you can talk to someone today who was working in plumbing literally yesterday. Flooring is all Empire Today does. They live and breathe flooring, so you can be confident that you're getting honest, upfront advice. They service their own warranties as well. So if an issue does arise, you can just call Empire. They service all warranties themselves. So that way you don't have to go track down a manufacturer's phone number. So convenient. So schedule a free in-home estimate today. All listeners can receive a $350 off discount when they use that promo code CHGO. Again, that promo code CHGO. You can also see empiretoday.com slash CHGO for details. And all that would unlock you a $350 off discount. Again, code CHGO. Let's go. All right. Well, do it. Greg Bregg, Jr. here, CHGO Bears podcast. And I think it's time for a little tank watch. Is that what we're doing? Tank watch. (laughs) (laughs) That was great. I've been looking forward to actually having that drop on the show pretty much for the entirety of this episode. Um, But as you can tell right now, uh, if you're watching the screen, the Bears, of course, hold that number one pick from Carolina. And the Bears' own pick is sitting at number four with their four and eight record. And in between the two, you got the Cardinals and you have the Patriots at two and 10 and two and nine, respectively. So we're just going to take a moment here and just kind of highlight, you know, what games you should be paying attention to as they're going to have some draft implications here for the Chicago Bears. I mean, it's a bye week, so we get to actually watch some of the other other NFL. Yeah, we will do it a, a little bit focused. So I, I like this segment here today. Yeah, it's um, it's a big one. The Panthers and and Tampa Bay Buccaneers at three o'clock. I'm really hoping I haven't checked my TV guide uh, for the, the the young bucks. Probably don't know what a TV guide is, but uh, I'm <laughs> I'm uh. Really looking forward to this Panthers Tampa Bay game. I'm nervous as hell for it because I think we've seen a lot of times this year and years past where a team fires their head coach and that gives them mm-hmm. a, a boost of energy. And that's that's the main game on this list uh, at on the three o'clock slate. So I like that it's out of the twelve o'clock slate, uh, but it has huge implications for the Bears. Obviously, we need the Panthers to continue to lose, but also we need Tampa Bay to win for two reasons. Exactly. Because they play Carolina the final week of the season. So we need Tampa Bay to also stay in the division race. That NFC South, uh, it's one of the worst divisions in football. So they have every opportunity to stay in that division race. And we need them to all the way until the final week of the season. Um, and, And so I'm like that game to me is bigger than any Bears game the rest of the year. Because we need Carolina to stay in this depressed area of their mind that they are that they they can't 
feel like they ever have a chance to win so they can finish out the season the way we need them to. But the thing to keep in mind with Carolina is while the second and third team on that list have only two wins, Carolina holds the tiebreaker with those teams because of strength of schedule. Mm -hmm. So Carolina would have to win two games with new England and Arizona losing out in order for Carolina to be jumped by either of those teams. So two wins in their last, what six games um, I think is a tall order, but it's not impossible. So let's get that number whittled down to five games and uh, let's let Tampa Bay finish the job here. Yeah. Let's hope that Chris Tabor, we know Chris, he, he was here for the bears for a couple of years. He's the interim yes. head coach now uh, in Carolina. Let's hope uh, that he doesn't have any of any magic here because we do need uh, the Panthers to keep losing. And really too, Greg, like the Buccaneers winning, in both those matchups will help the Bears because currently they're holding that seventh overall pick with their four and seven record. And we would like them to get exactly. as far removed as way from the Bears' own pick, too, yep. at, that's currently sitting at five. So it's like a win win. Uh, when, or if, I should say, I don't want to say win because that would make me eat my words, but when, uh, damn it, I just say, yeah, when Tampa, I just I shouldn't say it. I said if, if Tampa Bay, damn it, knock on wood, you're right, loses yep. or wins this game, and Tampa Bay's actually lost six of their last seven games, too. Uh, four of those have been by one score. So hopefully Carolina doesn't have that jump, like you said. But that's an easy one. We also have the Chargers and Patriots. Uh, Patriots are 5.5-point uh, underdogs right now, You know, sitting at 2-9 and nine with that third overall pick. And, that, and that's uh, a win-win there, like you were just pointing out, mm -hmm. too, right? Because we'd love the Patriots to win. Uh, but if they don't, then that pushes the Chargers because every four team, every four win team moving up to five also enhances the chances of the Bears getting a minimum of a top three pick, which then falls into the potential of a Marvin Harrison Jr. range. So obviously rooting for the Patriots, but I, I don't know. If, I don't know if the Patriots are going to win another game the rest of the year. <laughs> yeah, I agree with that uh, 100%. But again, when you think that won't happen, it's yeah, it's the NFL. Them. Anything can yep. happen, right? Anything really can happen. Then we have the Cardinals who are two and ten at the second overall pick versus Steelers. You know, again, another five and a half point underdog here. The Cardinals are. What I'm hoping for here is that James Conner, since this will be the first time that he's facing the Steelers since leaving that team in 2020, decides that just go off on him, have a huge game, and then Kyler yep. Murray takes yet another step forward now that he's back in action here for the Cardinals. So hopefully all is not lost so is over there. And, and I, again, and have, easy and one. I, and I have more but, faith in Arizona winning a game than I do New England the rest of the year. Cause as I mentioned in order for either Arizona or New England to jump Carolina, they would have to lose out and Carolina win two games. So if either one of those teams wins one game, now the, the, the chances of a one win Carolina team winning three games is so slim because if the bears end up with the number one or number two pick you're guaranteed either if the Cardinals take Marvin Harrison jr. One, now you're at two with either the a, the opportunity to draft Caleb Williams or B use that pick to trade back for a haul like the bears did last year. And mm -hmm. I'll hear one of those scenarios to me right now, the worst case scenario for the bears is having the number three pick, uh, which still, offers some opportunities here, but we're just getting closer and closer to that moment where the bears are clinching one of those top two picks, if not the number one pick, which is something that will set up this franchise for years to come.
Yeah. I mean, to do it back to back years and it wasn't even your pick and you traded the your first overall and then in return you got the next year's first overall or just top two and then you were able to get more resources on top of it. Like it's it'd be mind blowing to look back in five years and start like down the tree of like this first pick turn into these picks, which turn of these players, which turn of this pick, which turn of these players. Right. Like that that would be an insane like so I mean, tree. And this entire show we've done. I get Ryan Poles has made mistakes, but everything we've talked about today, like I get mm-hmm. we're both like, I, I, you're not a homer. Like I'm a homer, but we're both diehard bears fans, you yes. know, and we have that homer inside of us. We have that meatball inside of us. But at the same time, if you're just looking at it objectively, you can't say that Ryan Poles hasn't done a good job setting this franchise up for the future. Yes, he has some big decisions to make with the head coach and the quarterback, but you cannot say he hasn't done a good job. There's been mistakes, but they're on the right path. They've got some big decisions coming up this offseason. They sure do. I mean, the fact that he had to rip it down, you know, to the studs, as we talked about a lot last year was the phrasing that we kept using and just reestablishing, you know, free and flexible cap situations. And then you bring in the players, you draft appropriately. And now we have all these additional draft resources available to us down the road, like immediately. It really is. Uh, I, the word I have is exciting for uh, the future. So the last three games that we have here is Dolphins and Commanders. Uh, of course, the Commanders are sitting at pick five right now. They're 9.5 yep. uh, underdogs right now. You know, yep. I know they just fired Jack Del Rio for the defensive coordinator. So maybe Riverboat Ron will get that defense playing at a high level that it needs to to hold Miami in check, make that game uh, as close as possible. I think that's going to be a difficult matchup here this week. And then also Falcons the Jets. If the Jets want Rodgers to come back with something to play for, they they better find a way to win this game. And then you have Colts at Titans, which seems to be like, at least to me, with how the AFC South has gone and really how these games tend to go. And it's only a one-point spread right now. I think it's going to be a closed, tough-nosed game that, you know, hopefully the Titans can find a way to win. Colts been playing pretty good ball, too, as of late. Uh, but I think it's going to be a tough matchup regardless. Yep. And as I mentioned before, all these four win teams, not including the Bears, Washington, all the way down to Tennessee, all of those teams, with the exception of Tampa Bay, have a strength of schedule over 500. So if you're looking at like the craziest scenarios of the Bears falling out of the top three, the Washington, or I mean, not Washington, Tampa Bay is the only team with a strength of schedule under 500, which would jump Carolina. So I know it gets a little confusing here, but that's why this Tampa Bay Carolina game is just so big. Get them out of there. And these other teams that have four wins, even if they were to stay there, that would mean Carolina would have to win four of their last six games to hop any of those teams and push us out of a top three pick. So we're just finally getting to the end where all these hypothetical conversations are starting to dissipate and we can see a real vision of where this is going to be in the decision Ryan Poles is going to have in front of him. So I'm excited. I'm excited to sit on my couch on Sunday and root like hell against the Carolina Panthers. There we go. I'm going to take a, our final break here real quick. And then on the flip side, Greg, while I'm doing this break, I want you to think of like the proper send off for the show. Cause I'll go ahead and I'll task you with that. I know nice if you did, I guarantee we'll be here Lawrence, all day. I know Lawrence just shook his head. It's like, dear God, do not do that. You just we put flip? that in no. my hands. 
Have you ever heard of the Midwestern goodbye? I'm I'm classic at that. Yep, there it is. There it is. <laughs> you know, we did just finish, a, I believe, a record long ad read from Braggs. The Midtown read went almost yeah. four minutes long. So uh, if we could just uh, forget all that happened. <laughs> Hey, Mario Tier Mario Tirabasi had some long ad reads last night with the Blackhawks that certainly set records. So if I got to sit through those, you got to sit through me. Why don't you mention more details about things? <laughs> there we go. Let me do Hero Bread. We'll sign off and we'll call it a weekend. I've had a great time talking Chicago Bears with everybody here today. But uh, for Hero Bread, uh, you know, one thing I really love about Hero Bread is the fact that like you get a little bit more fiber and protein in your diet, which are two very important key elements that really you don't get from some of the other breads out there. But it's a good low carb option that kind of you know can help fit within a lot of people's different dietary constraints. It has really delicious flavor. It's soft. It's fluffy. Again, I mentioned it's super high in fiber. It's low in that carbs. There's no grams of sugar per slice. And I mean, there's just so many reasons why you should definitely be trying uh, hero bread. They also make sliced breads, buns, tortillas. Uh, that's available on hero.co and Amazon. You can use our discount code for that first purchase CHGO that unlocks 10% off at hero.co. And of course, there are also fewer calories in the leading uh, national brand, five to 10 grams of protein per serving. So, I mean, that's just great on top of it all. So right now, Hero Bread is offering the CHGO family 10% off that first order. As I mentioned, head over to hero.co. Use our code CHGO to save on Hero Bread today. That's Hero dot bread uh, dot co again i'm just gonna spell all that for you because I, I dropped the ball h-e-r-o dot c-o there we go and that will save you 10 percent off here today so as concisely as possible gregory you got <laughs> this possible. how do we put everything that we talked about here today and put a nice neat bow on it well like i said <clears throat> before right right before going on my little rant i'll do a mini rant attach that again everything that we talked about today there is a light at the end of the tunnel. This season has not been fun. They should be six and six. They should be right now the seventh seed in the playoffs, and they're not because they blew it against Detroit and Denver. What does that mean that they're a team ready to win a Super Bowl? No, but I think when you look past the negativity and the failures of this season so far, and you look at the positive signs. There are some there, and we've highlighted a lot of those here today. And I'm excited about the future of this franchise. I'm nervous as hell if they can get the head coach and quarterback right. I'm fine with what whatever Ryan Poles decides. I think everybody's kind of drawn their line in the sand. I want Caleb Williams. I want to keep Justin Fields. I want to keep the coaching staff. I want Jim Harbaugh. Everybody's got their opinions. But at the end of the day, I think the roster's in a good spot. I think the franchise has an opportunity to really turn the corner and it's up to Ryan Poles to get us there. And I believe in Ryan Poles to, uh, to, to make the right decisions. So I'm not going to overthink it. I have my opinions as a fan, but at the end of the day, I can trust that Ryan Poles is going to do what he thinks is best. And let's just hope that is what's best. Well said, and I, and I was under the ad read time that we just did a little bit earlier, so that's a win-win, uh, but I agree 100% uh, with everything that you just laid out there, Greg, and I, I hope that people who listen to this episode feel a little bit better about the future uh, than maybe they were prior to this episode, because I know even just going through the exercises of preparing for the show and the conversations that you and I had here for this episode, I, I personally do feel 
a, a little bit more at ease, even because like the game, the game week to week, especially when the games are what the Bears games tend to be like, it could really put a negative spin on things, kind of get you kind of, I guess, lost in a shuffle in a bit. But this is a good way to kind of take a step back, reflect, and, and then get a proper perspective uh, on maybe how things are looking for the future. So I thought you said that uh, very well. So for everyone listening and watching, I want to say thank you so much for joining us here today. We really do appreciate each and every one of you. If you're not yet, go to allchshow.com and become a diehard. We would love to welcome you over to the CHO family. Um, but that's going to do it for us here today. Oh, have a great weekend. Enjoy time with your families. Enjoy some football here on Sunday that is not Bears related. Take a nice breather, and then we'll be back here next week to start another game week right away on Monday. But until then, bear down, Chicago. We all silly like the mayor. 